0: Welcome to Ohanga. My name is Caroline and today I'll be speaking with Phil and Lisa. So guys, I'm going to jump right into the questions. Um, can you just start off by telling me what kind of art you do and maybe when you started doing this type of art?
1: Sure. Uh, well, the kind of art that we do is uh, mainly focused on uh, home and kitchen items. Uh, mostly kitchen uh, although we do custom work if somebody wants something specific they have an idea that they want to explore with us uh, we take it down from them we discuss it and uh, provide mm-hmm. them with a sketch and um, we've been doing this now for coming up on two years, two years yeah and uh, before that uh, you know we had uh, been on other platforms and um, I've always had this as a uh, a hobby, something I've been just dying to get to, um, but couldn't until I retired. Now, um, jumped in with both feet with Lisa, and um, it's it's going pretty good. Uh, you know, we've got the, the pedal to the metal, uh, but we're mm-hmm. accelerating like an old Ford Pinto, you know, but we are accelerating and, and we're growing, and part of that is to join the Ohanga team.
0: How did you guys get involved with this?
1: Like I said, it's, it's always been a passion um, and I was working in a corporate world for, you know, 30 years before that. I was in the Navy for eight and um, I would say, gosh, I'm almost 60. So, you know, half a life ago, I started uh, just working on different things uh, that people had requested. Uh, a lot of times I helped uh, or my father helped me uh, get started uh, with things I wanted to make. And um, I just really, I really liked it. It was a very, you know, quiet, meditative uh, type of uh, activity, aside from power tools. But uh, I really love the hand tools, and I try to keep, you know, the handmade aspect uh, part of everything I make. Although doing everything from hand is very time consuming, so you really have to draw a line somewhere.
0: Yeah, I got you. So, if, do you, either of you guys, or one of you, whichever. Um, Is there any person that sort of particularly influenced you to start doing this?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, ever since I could operate a crayon, um, I've always been encouraged by, you know, being able to stay within the lines and make pictures. I had classmates asking me at a young age to draw me uh, a picture of this or that, even teachers. um, And um, it seemed to be the one thing that everybody motivated me and encouraged me to do, um, had great rapport with both of my uh, art teachers. And, um, it always, you know, convinced me that, you know, this is something that I could maybe fall back on. So that's really, you know, and, uh, Lisa's definitely a major motivator here. And she has a niece who <laughs> she's like our number one fan and she loves our stuff. So yeah, um, it's, and it's nice to have encouragement. I mean, it's fuel for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Honestly, it's a motivational fuel for me. It Validates.
2: When he retired, he was thinking to himself, well, what am I going to do now? Because he left the corporate world and yeah. I had already been retired for several years. So he goes, I'd really like to make my wood products and get them out there so people can buy them. So I took the ball and went, okay, yeah. let's start with that. And then it just rolled from there.
0: So you said the the encouragement as an as a motivator. Do you have any other motivators for for doing it?
1: Yeah, well, you know, um, both of my parents grew up during the depression, or my father a little bit before the depression, and uh, you know, different values. I came very late in the game. I'm the I'm the youngest in the family of five, but I always had an appreciation for. Uh, I don't know handmade things because they were all over the place in our house, and a lot of them my dad had made, whether it was a, a cabinet door or a wooden spoon or whatever it was. And um, the other thing that motivates me, though, is you know a lot of people say, "Boy, they don't they don't make them like they used to." And it doesn't matter whether it's a car or a camera or, or what it is. Um, but you know, I'd love it if people just could say thanks to what we do, boy. well, somebody actually does make it the way they used to, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I put my heart in the stuff. Um, I know a lot of the big stores will have, you know, something that was churned out, you know, miles and miles away by someone who doesn't really put their heart into it. Only by the looks of it, I certainly don't know. I don't see it happening, but I do see the result. I go and check out the work and a lot of it, I just don't think is built to last. Whereas I'm trying to make something that is of heirloom quality and maybe a few generations could use it. Mm. And I, and I definitely don't want to make something that um, is um, artificially aged with chains and nails and hammers. Like I would never buy blue jeans that were already torn up and pay more for them. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. buy something yourself, wear it out yourself and um. You know, I told my daughter, I just made a table for her. I said, you know, don't worry about scratching this thing. It's a record of your life. I mean, every scratch, you're not going to date it and time it or anything, but it shows you you made it. And it was a a day in your life. um, And I just think it's a really cool record. And anybody who buys our stuff uh, can do the same thing.
0: Do you have any themes or anything that come out of your art? And maybe if you do, can you tell us why you have them?
1: The theme... If I'm answering the question correctly, is more or less, you know, provide a niche for people who want something that's handmade, that's going to last, and add to the the coziness of their and the warmth of their house, their kitchen. Um, we have a customer right now who just uh, uh, what's the word renovated her whole kitchen space, and now she wants to, you know, so now the cake is baked, and she wants to frost it, so to speak. Mm. And she needs pieces to you know, help the whole thing pop. And uh, so that, you know, when you walk in the door every day after work, you know, you know, you're home, you got something there uh, of ours that contributes to your um, sense of um, well-being, comfort, and happiness.
0: Have you guys had any obstacles that you face in pursuit
1: of this? Uh, well, yeah, Lisa can probably talk more to that but all I'm going to say is the obstacle that we, we still grapple with less and less over time is, you know, we still compete with the stuff that's churned out. And mm-hmm. when people go to our site, you know, we're not giving it away. We, we think we're asking a fair price, but it certainly can't match the, the stuff that's at the brick and mortar stores typically. Right. Because we, you know, I got to wonder who's making it, who's being paid to do it. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't have the, all the facts, but it kind of suggests that pretty strongly. So competing with that stuff, if, if a customer doesn't really know the difference, we're, we try to educate them and, and, and you know, provide a background on our yeah, stuff. So sure. go ahead.
2: The biggest obstacle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is saying obstacle. Yeah,
2: the biggest <laughs> obstacle I have faced uh, as far as the business goes is the social media. Because our business mm. can't grow. People can't come to our site if we don't get out there and tell them that we're great and come to our site. Right. At my age, I didn't grow up with social media. So to wrap my head around who our ideal customer is and where the best platform is. And once you find that platform, how do you make all these social posts? It mm. just boggles my mind. So I, every week I'm struggling with getting
1: a social posting done yeah yeah and mm-hmm. it's uh, it may and it's terrible for her but it's awful to watch <laughs> <laughs> she reminds me of that circus performer who's spinning all the plates on the long sticks and she has to make sure that they're all spinning and nothing falls and oh, crashes that's, that's her a lot. it that's is a lot, lot. It's,
0: people it's, have it's, whole full-time jobs for it now do you enjoy the other aspects of it lisa besides the social media i mean what what other parts of it do you enjoy the most
2: the financial part, I absolutely love spreadsheets and keeping the budget and doing the planning on our goals and how can we reach those goals. Um, that I enjoy. Yeah. That and- I understand. I can do very easily. But to learn how, well, first of all, I didn't know how to really take a photograph. So mm-hmm. having to learn how what lighting is best, what background is best, just how you need to photograph things and then turn them into social media. I'm still struggling with that and I just keep, I have to keep going back in my mind that we have a look and we can stick to that look and Mm. not get so sucked into all the, um, the things that are happening in social media. If it doesn't, if it's not branded Mm. for us, then it's not going to work. So I need to keep everything the same brand.
1: Right. And it's, it's overwhelming because, you know, Whatever tack you want to take from one week to the next, it, it seems like it's just a moving target, like a
0: mm.
1: you know, a goalpost that moves around and spins. Yeah, you know, at the same time, it's it's tough, but she she's doing such a great job at that, and I'm grateful because I couldn't do all of it at once. Wouldn't happen. Couldn't happen.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. I.
2: Have really enjoyed meeting other artists. Yeah. Most of them are online. They're from Canada. They're from California. They're everywhere. But the community, the maker community, is so generous.
1: Yeah, because everybody understands very well the uh, the particular difficulties with a small business, you know, and in, mm-hmm. uh, being an artist mm-hmm. as well. Yeah,
2: and it's fun to work with other makers and highlight them on your social feed just to get the word out for them too. And so many makers are willing to do that for us. Um, yeah. that that's a, a great aspect. I think these people, oh, yeah. the makers that we've met online, haven't met any in person, uh, will remain friends long after yeah. we're not around. Yeah.
0: yeah. So can you each individually describe your workspace to me? You know, like, do you guys have music
1: playing? What oh, time Michael of day first. do you work? You want me to first? I'll go first. Okay. Thank you.
2: Um, My office is upstairs and it used to be a small bedroom and we turned it into an office. Um, I am one of those people that cannot work with music on. I can't concentrate. I can't even have music on when I'm reading. I just have to focus on what I'm doing. So I have a lot of bright light, Southern exposure, which makes it much easier to get in here and work. Mm -hmm. Um, But Yeah. My space is fairly colorful. I like a lot of orange in my workspace. It just makes me more vibrant, but I'm an early bird. I start work at, I mean, I'm at my computer at least by 5 36 AM. I'm such an early bird. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't need to have music on because Bill, his shop is right below my office and he loves having music on when he's down there making sawdust and we have no insulation between the floors so I can hear every song he's (laughs) listening
1: to. But gee, it's from the same era, you know, we we, kind of, you know, all my siblings, you know, love this stuff. I love it. So that's not too much of a a thing, I guess. No. Um,
2: But his works, I'm sorry, his workspace we created, we blocked off half of our basement, put a wall up and a door so that we could keep one just for me. And then the other one had to close it off just because of all the sawdust. Right. But I think he has all the machines that we can possibly fit down there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and not every machine, you know, um, I don't know. Are we going to segue over to my shop now? Yeah,
2: sure. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Uh, So yeah, it's, it's like 24 by 24 and it's got an air, it's, it's, it's pretty snug. Um, I was on submarines as a young man and, I'm used to tight spaces and, and dealing with that, but uh, there is a system to it. I think only I understand what it is. Um, but you know for what I'm doing right now, it's really all I need to, to do the creating. Um, I'm taking a, a, a lathe class up in Maine in July and I hope to you know get a little lathe after that and start making some things that I can turn on a lathe because I just think it's fascinating and it's beautiful stuff. But, uh, yeah, my space definitely, um, it's not a museum space. Uh, there's <laughs> plenty of chips of wood and sawdust on the floor. Uh, I'm amazed at how fast it fills up. Um, but you know, I have a, a system where I can do everything that the wood needs to have done to it. Um, and I have two workbenches that, you know, I got Turner, you know, they're on both sides of me, one's up my back and one's in front of me, whichever way I'm standing. And, um. You know, I invested a few years ago in some really nice tools, and um, I'm glad I did. And uh, now it's just, you know, all I need to really do is buy things that are consumable, like glue or, you know, sandpaper and other things like that, um, nails, screws, whatever, but, uh, and wood, of course. But um, it, was a, it was a pretty big initial expense. Now, not so much.
2: I think one of the other aspects of the business that helps motivate both of us is when we get a response from a customer that just, Mm -hmm. they're blown away. When they get the product, they're blown away. And to hear the stories of how one single mom is using the pastry board to make pizza every week with her son. yeah So it becomes a family tradition. Um, My niece's husband decided he was going to start making bread. So we made a pastry board for him, and he use, he makes bread almost every day.
1: Right. Yeah. So
2: it's just great to hear.
1: I know, and I can't wait to see it now because I know it's worn. You know, and it's even free, he, been used at least. Well, what fifty-two times? If he's making bread yeah, every
0: every week, maybe, maybe more. Do you guys have an ultimate goal for for right angle woodshop? Do you have any? Thing that you want it to be to mean to you guys or to the people buying your products, and then you just kind of share, you just want people to really well enjoy. I
1: want it wanted, well, I want it to continue to grow. Um, you know, I don't want to reach a point where we have uh, employees unless maybe it's somebody who can do some spreadsheets or whatever. Um, but you know, ultimately, to, to work more locally you know, thanks to people like you and, you know, you know, more local word of mouth. So uh, because we think, you know, we got, we have stuff that's in Alaska and Hawaii and all over California and, you know, Chicago area and stuff. And that's all good. But if I could get the same kind of business a little closer by, I think those same people are around. It's just reaching them. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's a goal so that, uh, you know, I can get, You know, um, I can dial down the marketing, maybe just a little and have more people just through word of mouth contact me and, you know, ask ask me to make them something. A
2: large portion of our business is custom work. Okay. yeah. So if they see something on our page or anywhere else that they'd like something made for them or they uh, have an idea of what they want we love for them to reach out to us. And then yeah. he works up a sketch. They go back and forth on the materials and the size, yeah. the handle shape, everything.
1: Yeah. And it could be something that hasn't even been made in my shop. But maybe they want a charcuterie board that's just a little narrower. So it'll fit under the cabinets, for example. Okay. Or, you know, if I offer it in walnut, maybe they want it in another wood. That's not a problem.
2: The other direction Bill wants the company to go in is he's doesn't want to just limit himself to one dimensional items like cutting boards and charcuterie boards. Yeah. yeah. He's looking to make uh, well, the plan this year um, to bring out new products that are three dimensional and eventually furniture, uh, small scale furniture that we can
1: right, right, hopefully yeah. sell
2: locally. We haven't told you about our shop dog,
0: buddy. Oh, please do. I would love
1: to yeah. do this. Yeah.
2: When I first retired, which was quite a few years ago, um, I needed to do something. So I volunteered for a rescue group, rescue dog group. And we became foster parents for rescue dogs. But he was one of them. I think he was our 11th or something. And it wasn't even 24 hours after we put his profile up on the website that we started getting inquiries and Bill just looked at me and said, put the deposit down. I need this dog. I can't let go of this dog. Yes. And he is truly his dog. Aww. Every day he waits by his feet, by Bill's feet, to see when he's going to go downstairs to the shop. And he spends all day in the shop with him.
1: Yeah, he's kind of a turned into a mascot too.
2: Yes. Even if Bill's at the lumber yard, so he's not in the house, if I go downstairs to do laundry or do anything downstairs, he follows me and he stands at the door to the shop. And sometimes I just let him in, even when Bill's not there, and he'll just go on this bed Mm -hmm. and sleep there. He loves the shop.